The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Clayton, it's good to see you again. Yeah, thank you. Uh, nice to be back together doing another podcast. Yeah. Uh, and and um, I, I know today we're going to be doing another Patrick Lencioni um, book. He's got a lot of good books. He, he really does. I'm, I'm excited about it for, for that very reason. I, I really do love Patrick Lencioni and his, his books. So the we've got the three signs of a miserable job. Um, five dysfunctions of a team and the ideal team player. And there's there's more, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the one today we want to talk about, though, is called The Motive. Um, yeah. So, Clayton, why don't you get us into what? Yeah, I think it's book a it less well-known book. I mean, there, you know, there's the I don't think you mentioned the advantage mm-hmm, and, right. and some of the others that are more well-known. But I read this book a, a few years back. One of the things I like about his books is they're so easy to read. You can read; they're very quick, <laughs> they they're are, very they simple. Are. They're almost in story form, but they teach really good principles. And and from this book, the motive I actually took a question that I ask now in a lot of my interviews when I interview leaders, and it's simply this. And you'd be surprised that I stump people with this question, and it's, why do you want to be a leader? Hmm. And and a few of them have really thought, oh, I, I don't know, I've never really thought of it. And, and they, they kind Not of expecting struggle. That question. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, it seems like a simple question, yeah. but it's, it's, Answers tend to fall into one of two categories. They 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 answer different ways, and you know there's a hundred different answers, but I mm-hmm. think you can sort of encapsulate them into two different categories. Number one, I want to serve. I want an opportunity to develop others. Uh, it's a chance to make an impact. You know, that's sort of mm-hmm. that category of service, and it's a calling, and and I I feel like it's what I should be doing. Okay, right? right. Some, something along. But the other category falls somewhere in line with. I've earned this, right? <laughs> right. I've worked right. really hard. I've paid my dues, and it's time to receive my reward. And and what Lencioni and others have learned is that their true answer. Now, again, I'm not saying what they answer. You know, you you might give the perfect uh, right. answer, but what your genuine answer from your heart tends to be. Um, really divides how leaders do. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? No, it does. So it if does. you fall into the, I, I really want to serve, I want to give back, I want to develop others, that's one camp. And the other camp is, hey, I've worked really hard, I deserve this, I deserve the big title, the mm-hmm. the corner office, whatever it may be. And if you have sort of that prior one where you really want to develop others, and that is your true motive, you tend to exceed expectations. Hmm. But when it's the it's my turn. <laughs> I've worked hard for right, this right. and I've earned this motive. They rarely live up to expectations. Hmm. And and they say the reason why is 
leadership is a difficult and challenging responsibility. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that leaders have to do that aren't very fun. Right. And it's only the first group that knows this is service. This is a calling. I have to be willing to do things I don't want to do. It's only that group that actually does those things. No, that's interesting. Um, so uh, so go ahead and help us understand that. Why why do you think a leader who feels like leadership is their, their reward for hard work uh, not be willing to do hard things? Yeah. And, and really, what are some of those hard things? Look, uh, I know you've experienced this mm-hmm. and, and most leaders have experienced this, that leadership requires you to be in uncomfortable situations. (laughs) The very, very true. I mean, I seriously sometimes wonder why people so badly want to be like president of the United States, (laughs) because I think... If I picture it, like as I picture it in the movies, it seems like a lot of really hard work and a lot of stress. <laughs> I'm sure it's very Agreed. cush and it's a lot of power and other people make the decisions. <laughs> but but as Lencioni points out, and I'm going to quote him, he says, yeah. when leaders are motivated by personal reward, they will avoid the unpleasant situations and activities that leadership requires. Mm. They delegate, abdicate, or ignore situations that only the leader can address, leaving a painful and destructive vacuum. I can, yeah, I can pick, that's a great They don't want to do it. No, yeah. I just want the corner office. I just want the right. pay. I just want right. the title. It's it's to me, I, I'm sorry for those of you that don't watch The Office. It's why Michael Scott is so funny well, to me. You shouldn't be sorry. Anybody who doesn't watch The Office. <laughs> you shouldn't be just, listening exactly, to this podcast exactly. anyway. <laughs> right. No, I mean, look, he's a caricature of leaders that just don't have that fortitude to right. do right. The what is stuff. difficult. Um, I, I, I'm tempted to start quoting a scene, but I won't do that. (laughs) Let's quote Lencioni instead. It's the, no, it is. It's the scene where, where (laughs) he's trying to fire somebody and it's so painful and he just can't do it. And then he's asked the question if he's ever been hunting. He says, yeah, shot a deer once in the leg, had to beat it over the head with a shovel for, (laughs) took about an hour. Why do you ask? Because he's just so slow and so painful because he's not, anyway. That's, no, that's a good one. Sorry, we can scratch that if we want. Okay, so Lencioni says this. Here's a here's another quote. He says, a father who maintains the belief that being a parent should be convenient and fun hmm. is going to have a hard time. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Right? Being an effective father. Yeah. Only by, and this is his quote again, only by shifting the underlying attitude about what it means to be a parent hmm. can that dad become a good one. Hmm. You've got to understand leadership is hard. Yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. So I I know he talks about the five things that uh, reward-centered leaders fail to do most often, Um, really meaning leaders that feel like their leadership is a reward for their hard work. Yeah. Um, One, they don't put enough effort into developing the leadership team. Uh, two, they're not good at managing their teams or getting them to manage theirs. Yeah, so they don't manage their teams and <laughs> they don't teach their leaders how to, to manage. Lead. Exactly. Right. We <laughs> say you. we're a leadership development company. How much effort do we put into Exa- that? Okay, perfect. Thank okay. you. Uh, and then number three, like you had just said, they don't have difficult and uncomfortable conversations. Uh, four, they don't run great team meetings. Yeah. Um, and five, they fail to be you know, CROs, chief reminding officers, constantly and repetitively really communicating with their folks. Yeah. Um, so start with number one. Okay. Um, they fail to develop their teams. Yeah, let's let's break that down. So at the last annual meeting, at, at uh, the, the foundation annual meeting, mm-hmm. I talked about how um, when we're all about an exit strategy, mm-hmm. now, now think about that. An exit strategy is, is when 
all you're concerned about is how can I cash out of this situation? Mm -hmm. If I start a company just because I want to get rich and I want to cash out and whatever happens from then, I don't really care. That's an exit strategy, Right, right. right? So when we're all about an exit strategy, then we're not very good at being succession planners. That makes sense. We don't care about the leader that follows us because we're gone, we've cashed out and it doesn't matter. We only care about ourselves and we don't care as much about developing others. So when you're about a mission, when you're about a legacy, mm-hmm. when, when you're really trying to create something that that lives long past you and leaves the world better, um, then we really care about developing others. So another mm-hmm. quote from Lencioni, he says, just about every leader will give lip service to the importance of building his or her executive team. But then you have to ask yourself, okay, but what am I doing? Do you, right. We're a leadership development company. Okay, <laughs> right. but what, what am I developing? Prove that to me through yeah. your actions. Tell me what you're doing to develop your, your interdisciplinary team. He goes on to say that if people on a leadership team don't believe that the leader sees team development as one of his or her most critical roles, mm-hmm. they're not going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So if my business office manager, if my case manager, if my director of nurses, if they don't see me doing it, they're certainly not going to do it. So, again, let me just repeat that. We are a leadership development company. That is our statement. Now, go prove that through your actions. Like, go develop leaders. No, I I completely agree. That's a great, great, great thought about that subject. And people that are just want the – they don't do that. They don't spend time developing others because they became a leader. Who they're, cares about they're everyone done, else? right. They're not making yeah. that their priority and or putting that into their secession plan. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's for number one. For number yeah. two, uh, why does he say they're not great at managing their teams nor getting them to manage their own teams? Yeah. So if I'm in an ED, I'm asking myself, how good am I at both leading my team mm-hmm. as well as helping them know how to lead their teams, right. Right? right? So, uh, you know, this this is one that I find a lot of guilt in myself. Lencioni, Lencioni points out, you know, similar to the last one, that, that we need to coach these leaders to improve themselves behaviorally to make it more likely that they will succeed. Okay. However, and then again, this is another quote from him. I'm doing a lot of quoting from Lencioni today. <laughs> he says, don't, most leaders don't really want to have to manage them. Right. And they excuse it by saying, well, I trust them or or I'm not a micromanager. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that one, I, yes, I've heard that one. That's how they times. justify yeah. their laziness yeah. in leadership. Yeah. My look, I I'm not a micromanager. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not. I mean, look, I guess maybe sometimes rarely it it might be a temptation of mine to micromanage, but it rarely is a temptation of mine. Right. Uh, my behavioral assessment agrees yeah. with that. No, it I, tells me you have a you. It's a easy for you to delegate authority. But you can't confuse I trust them mm-hmm. with I just hope they take care of it. <laughs> right. Right. Totally it's, different. It's your job as a leader to align people's actions, behaviors and attitudes with the needs of the organization and making sure that the little problems don't become big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, avoiding this. It's not it's not entrusting tr- them. It's it's negligence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're just hoping something happens. He's saying some people really like the title of leader, but they just don't want to have to do a lot of those really annoying little things that leaders have to do. Like, you know, lead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I-, I want big giant 
amazing title, the desk, uh, yeah, the corner office, exactly. The uh, yeah. yeah, you cover it, paycheck. Um, but uh, I'm just going to trust my people, right? <laughs> uh, we, we I've used that honestly. I mean, I, I feel a little bit guilty joking about this. Well, I'm not a micromanager. Uh, it was kind of a way of saying I've been too disengaged. I, I've I you know as soon as you said that on the previous section, I a big old stab of yeah. guilt struck me Good. in the chest. That's why um, I'm here. So thank you. It was well 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 done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get to the big one um, that we talk about a lot here, and and really that's. Um, it's having uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. One of the parts of leadership that I honestly admit I don't enjoy. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I right? don't, I don't enjoy it either. Right. I've, I've, uh, love developing people, right. love showing the score, right. love celebrating successes. Uh, there's a lot that I love <laughs> right. about being a leader. I don't enjoy difficult conversations. I believe in them. And I enjoy the results of them. <laughs> I enjoy, exactly. I like, I like what comes from them. But I, but I don't enjoy them. And look, we have several podcasts on this. Mm-hmm. And if you want to dig in further, and I, I, I do want to actually mention a few of them. Uh, episode fifty-eight on okay. on how to give feedback effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, ec- episode fifty-seven, just before it, d- doing effective one-on-ones. Uh, episode thirty-eight, uh, how to part ways with partners, the the ensign way, right? Mm-hmm. The the. Um, you know how to have those really difficult discussions. Some of the things that we think are right, they're they're not really right, and we've got to fix that. And then even episode thirty six, accountability discussions, and there's more. Right. But I just you know if if this is something that you struggle with or your team struggle with, have them listen to those podcasts and 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 discuss them. So quoting all of those to you. I won't get into a whole lot of detail on on how to, you know, have these difficult yeah, conversations. Yeah, there's there's great great right. content. We, we in don't there. need to be too repetitious here. But but Lencioni says this because we have to have another quote. <laughs> says one of the main responsibilities of a leader is to confront difficult, awkward issues quickly, and with clarity, charity, and resolve. I like that. I, know, I like clarity, no, yeah. charity, and resolve. I've I've always taught that we need to we need to when we hmm. reprove people, when we uh, when we try and help people get better, it's got to be it's got to be clear. It's got to be at the right time, and we've got to make sure they yeah. know that we love them. Yeah. Right. So some of the people think that they do this well because they you know confront their people on. Hey, your numbers don't look very good. Right, right. <laughs> right? That's not that's that's results-based accountability discussion. And Lencioni says even the weak, weakest of us, the wussiest of us, I believe is what he says, right, can do, can, can do, do that. that. Yeah. Your numbers are too low. They need what we need to be better at if we're going to be a really strong leader is confronting people on behavioral issues. Yeah. Annoying mannerisms, poisonous interpersonal dynamics, right. politics. See, weak leaders just sort of hope those things will go away. Oh, that's <laughs> just Ryan being Ryan. I just stay away and it'll hopefully resolve and itself. Yeah, and... but, but strong leaders confront those. Look, some of the best to, leaders yeah. I have, even before this job, I, I had a teaching position. And honestly, it's where I learned to give and receive tough feedback. Hmm. I would think I would give like a really great class and they would share with me, you do this and it comes off as arrogant or it comes hmm. off as, and I was like, well, that was rude to say, <laughs> but, but they were willing to point out things in me that other people saw yeah. that I didn't see in myself. Just, and just, while that was hard to hear. It's great, invaluable it feedback. It was kind. Yeah, Clarity it, is kind, yeah, right? It is. Now, the, uh, the opposite of that. Some people say, 
I have no problems with this. I just tell it like it is, right? <laughs> right. I call it like I see it. Right. I don't like that either. Yeah. Like we need to care how the person feels. Lencioni, I like this term he uses. I, I didn't remember this, uh, but but he calls it joyful accountability. Joyful accountability. Yeah, okay, he, I heard that. Yeah. He says, approach people who need correction and cheerfully let them know huh. that it was completely up to them whether they change their behavior or attitude. And that if they can't change, you'll still be their friend, but <laughs> they can't continue to work there. Right. I, right, I, I had right. a conversation with a market leader just yesterday. Yeah. And, well, how do I have this conversation? I said, just be very clear. You need people to follow you. Yeah. And in yeah. order to follow you, you've got to change some of these things. And until you change these things, they don't want to follow you. Because, look, leaders that fail to confront people quickly about small issues mm-hmm. always end up with bigger issues later on. Yeah. But we just, weak leaders, and I've been a weak leader, <laughs> likewise, we, likewise. we let it go. We hope it goes away. We, we've seen this a lot. Look, one leader in this book was quoted, so this isn't Lencioni, but it is still quoting his book. <laughs> From his book, okay, He yeah. says, I was trading off my discomfort for theirs, leaving mm. them to experience even greater pain when their shortcomings manifested themselves mm. during a performance review, a compensation discussion, or worse yet, an exit that's, interview. That's a good way to look at that, trading off your discomfort for theirs. Like, yeah, that's, that's mm, selfish. It is. Yeah. If I'm not willing to have that difficult conversation with you, I'm being selfish. Right. I'm being a jerk. I'm not being kind. Right. Lencioni said has said in, in a video that I've used in training, he says, often firing someone is the last act of cowardice. Mm. We're too cowardly to confront them and help them with their difficult issues. So we watch them get worse. We might even talk behind their back. Right. <laughs> Until inevitably we have to fire them. And we've, we've got to stop being cowardly leaders. Yeah. That, and I and I know the video you're talking about. I, he does such a great yeah, job it's from in there. Five of, dysfunctions yeah, of, of a team. Of, of really highlighting that. <laughs> that's yeah. The, the, truly the last that it's a cowardly act. The last one is the, the firing because they couldn't have all of those conversations that could have led to a different outcome. Like, hey, you've got to listen more. You've got to right. you come off as as cocky. You you sometimes when you talk to people, that's an awkward thing to say. But if they know that you love them then they'll know that you're just trying to help no, them. I, I agreed. And and that really that really at least certainly for me is 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 a tough one. Obviously super important, but but really is a tough yeah. one in leadership. Yeah. Um so let's move on to number 4 and number 4 is that meetings. great leaders <laughs> great leaders don't run very good meetings. Yeah. Does it really matter? Uh, you know, it's funny a lot of people and he he I he talks a lot about this in his his book uh Death by Meeting. Um but People think meetings are a distraction from the real work that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lencioni just completely disagrees. He thinks that meetings are crucial, that, that mm-hmm. having effective meetings are crucial. So here's a, a uh, in another book, he says this. He says, if someone were to offer me one single piece of evidence to evaluate the health of an organization, I would not ask to see its financial statements review it, review its product line mm-hmm. or even talk to its employees or customers. I would want to observe the leadership team during a meeting. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Hmm. It is. Right? That that's the now I I recommend you listen to our podcast on having more effective meetings because we talk a lot about how to be more successful in leading these meetings and we won't get into a lot of the meat here. But but I'll just leave it with 
put time into your meetings and make them more meaningful. Mm. Lencioni says that some of the best work gets done in effective meetings. In fact, he thinks we should have more focused meetings. So mm. not not you know sort of the meeting stew where you just okay we're gonna have one <laughs> right. meeting we're gonna cover all everything. these hodgepodge of different things have a meeting for this a meeting for that and just make them more focused yeah. and and more brief and you know Lencioni puts points out that that bad meetings lead to bad decision making and it sets <laughs> the precedent sense. for the rest of the organization yeah, that makes sense I, right i mean when you sense, have yeah. when you're constantly going to bad meetings you just think what, what is this <laughs> company right. i'm a part of right Having an effective meeting is a really important part of being a successful leader. And as he said before, I, I don't know that I agree with his quote, but mm -hmm. it is powerful to say the way I can tell more than anything else is just observing the leadership team in a meeting. So take time to plan effective meetings. And I do want to suggest, listen to podcast. It's episode six, which is, I think we recorded was, when I was like I was, 12 years old. And I must have been nine then because yeah, you're definitely a lot older right. than me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Episode six. That's crazy yeah. how long ago that actually was. That's awesome. So again, that was number four, um, yeah. running meetings. So let's finish with number five. And um, the final thing that leaders who are not here to serve fail to do. Yeah, those uh, that have the wrong motive exactly. of reward, what do they fail to do? And that's something that you really, ironically, you repeat a lot, um, <laughs> which is to be a CRO, a Chief Reminding Officer. Yeah, so see, please I remind us again what that's all about. Yeah. I, I was really happy uh, when, to hear Lencioni talk about this. You know, my dad my dad was often mocked for repeating the same stories and, and saying, that, oh, you know, that people were kind of laughing. Oh, he's saying that again. <laughs> but but we feel vindicated now because yeah. I'm very repetitious, <laughs> That's too. That's awesome. Um, Lencioni says that most leaders underestimate the amount of communication that is necessary. And as a result, they think they've done an adequate job announcing a new strategy or initiative long before most people. However, studies have shown that employees have to hear a message seven times before they believe that that their leaders are serious <laughs> That's about so it. crazy. Seven times. Right. Like and, and but if you think about it, that is true with me. Like when I've heard yeah. hmm. some of my partners say something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times I heard Christopher talk about uh, succession planning before I thought. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I should start succession planning. That's a really good point. Actually, that's a really good point. You know, like it was the seventh or eighth time yeah. where I'm like, <laughs> that's maybe kidding. that's something I. Maybe that's something I should do. And see, I always thought I was getting really annoying, and I often yeah. would apologize. I'm sorry for those of you that have heard me do this training or right, heard me talk right. about this. Huh. In fact, uh, most leaders worry that they're going to insult their audience by repeating a message. <laughs> I, that's I think really we all yeah. feel this. I felt like, that, yeah. I, well, I don't want to say this yeah. message again if they've so already heard already, it. Right. I just think I'm... Look, Lencioni says that no reasonable human being has ever left a company because management communicated too much. <laughs> right? All right? That's fair. That's probably a complaint nobody and, and has ever made. And yet that's our fear. Right. The, the reason a CEO communicates to employees is to ensure that people are aligned with and have bought into what's going on. Right. And where they fit into the success of the enterprise, meaning where they're going to make an impact. That, that ties in with his... Uh, Three signs of a miserable job. He mm -hmm. says one of the signs of a miserable job is not feeling irrelevant, not right. knowing how right. you're making an impact, right. right? So the best leaders, 
honestly don't hesitate to repeat themselves. I guess that makes me a really good leader. I'd like to uh, make a note of that. Uh, no, repeat it over and over. Yeah, they don't hesitate to repeat themselves. They stick to the most fundamental messages, knowing that employees need to hear those messages right. again and again. And and I like this, and I'll, I'll finish with a quote from Lencioni. He says, great leaders are far more concerned about employees being uninformed than they care about being criticized for redundancy. So yeah. that that made me, that now turns me into a poor leader because I was so concerned <laughs> about how redundant I but am. But hey, at least you still fought through That's the concern cool. and, 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 right. and, and were, we'll were call so. Me a, we'll call me a C leader. <laughs> C's get degrees. I'll, I'll, C's get degrees. <laughs> well, th- thank you, Clayton. It was a, uh, you know, I, I, I do love um, jumping into any Patrick Lencioni book and subject. I, I, he's, like you mentioned, like we mentioned at the beginning, has a lot of great material out there. Yeah, and, and I hope we question, like, yeah. why do I really really want to be a leader do i yeah. is there a little bit of the sense of reward in it and if so do we recognize how we fail to do these five things that are really crucial to being a great leader yeah no that's a great thought to leave with and so yeah thank you for helping to cover the motive today and um we'll look yeah. forward to, to doing the next one thanks ryan thank you